yo, yo. You see these dreams only seem to manifest when I'm woke I'll bite the wings off an angel if that shit helps me cope But on this downhill stream where we tumble and roll It seems I only find solace in a couple of folks Yeah man, I'm grown now I'm trying to move Hello Thank you for tuning in Thank you for taking the time out to listen to the ramblings of the semi-insane This semi-insane individual as you know by now, if you've been listening to me, if you've heard any of my videos, you know that I always say this at the beginning because I truly believe the world that we live in and everybody who inhabits it is totally insane because all we need to do is look around and see what's going on and realize that this is the behavior or this is not necessarily the behavior of those who claim to be sane. Well, sane can be subjective as well, so to each his own. Now... Today, I want to read a headline very briefly and then go into this. Like I said, this is really about uh, an experience I had recently that sort of like juggled my memory a little bit and uh, made me go back and forth and think. And then someone sent me a video yesterday. I looked at the video and I tracked it down and uh, uh, looked at the corresponding headline and this is what I'm going to read now. This is from uh, the Daily Mail in the UK and uh, there's no date on this. Let me see what's the date on this. Uh, the date is, oh, it's actually March 25th, uh, but uh, I think it's it's a little bit behind. So it says, that, let's go straight to the, uh, the, the headline. It says, ex-cabinet minister David Davis says the government's vaccine passport could vaccine passport plan could be illegal and warns pubs, theaters and football stadiums will run straight into a court case if they roll out their own no jab, no entry requirements. That's the headline. Now let's uh, just pick up one or two things from what he said. I'm actually going to play the video. After this, I would like you to listen to the video. It's very interesting. His perspective is interesting. I hold a lot of views that are similar. Uh, and based on the current experience I had, having a conversation with a friend who had been vaccinated. I have a few friends who have been vaccinated. I have a few, actually, quite a bit of them have been vaccinated, some with their families. The reaction to the conversation I tried to have with him was kind of hostile, and it made me think, Hmm, what's going on here? If they're taking this position, a uh, very strong position, and saying something like, you know what, if you don't have a vaccine, you can't come to my house. Now, that's, uh, that's funny and a bit sad because we're being divided as people, as family units, as, as human beings, we're being divided. We're always being pitted against one, one another because division... Confusion, fear, these are the tools that a corrupt system uses in order to govern its people. It's, it's an age-old situation, divide and conquer. So now, all of a sudden, some people look at themselves as being, oh, we've taken the vaccine, we walked into it, we decided to take the risk, and so since you haven't taken it, you're now a risk, you're a threat. I had probably... Something I had, I could even say it's COVID because all the symptoms were similar. I had it way back in 2020, in February 2020. I was sick for 14 days. My wife would attest to it. 
I did not take any medication. I stopped taking Western medications in 2007. I didn't take any medication until it was insisted by my wife that, look, take some antibiotics just to be sure. And I took a three-course, a three-day course of antibiotics. Everything cleared up. But prior to the antibiotics, I went through a regimental regime, uh, a regimental process of exercise under the sun every day, sweat, uh, breathing exercises that I learned online. I changed my diet. I started taking lots of nutrients that were counter to it, that were suggested, you know. I started putting cayenne pepper in my tea. You know, different little things, holistic methods, and it went. I didn't, I wasn't like really sick down. No, I was sick, but I was still active. I, I could still go everywhere I wanted, but I decided to isolate. I kept myself in the house and I dealt with it. And I used to steam every day, put uh, salt and orange peel, boil the water with a little bit of peppermint and steam until all the phlegm was coming out of me. And I did all these things and it went. It went. So I don't see any reason why I need to be vaccinated from a personal standpoint because I've been through the transition. If you tell me now that I should get a certificate, you test my blood and you see that I've been through the process and you give me a certificate, I don't mind doing that just to make people feel safe. I really don't mind doing that. That's okay. But to make it mandatory, I have a problem with that. I've always had problems with vaccines anyway. Uh, I'm not here to actually go into any kind of political tirade. It's not my point. This is one topic that is so sensitive and it's controversial. And then you consider what we're experiencing now with the cancel culture reigning and the censorship that is going on everywhere. Uh, if you say something that is contrary to the mainstream narrative, you're censored or you're seen as uh, somebody who is uh, anti-establishment and blah, blah, blah. I really don't care, but for the sake of posterity, we'll just try and keep things here very simple. So, I've told you about the headline. We're going to take a look at this uh, short uh, clip. I think it's about three minutes. Listen to what he has to say, and I'll come back on the back end. Stay tuned. Now, the, the reasons against passport, there are, there, are, there are many, but let me pick off a few, uh, a domestic passport. Let me pick off a few. Uh, firstly, the impact of this would, would be discriminatory. Uh, under the law, it would be indirectly discriminatory, and that is illegal. Uh, you may well find it has been said that black and ethnic minority communities are less, uh, less inclined to get vaccinated. Well, that would be an indirect discrimination. You've heard from Silky Carlo that younger people may not uh, get um, uh, vaccinated. That would be a discrimination. Um, some people have ethical or religious objections. Uh, I mean, we, we've heard about the, 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 the fears that various animal products may be used and, and worrying some, some religious groups. Others, for example, uh, object to any vaccine which has got a human cell line, typically from a fetus, in it. A number of the vaccines do have that. Maybe all of them, I don't know, but certainly a number do. Um, so there are a whole series of perfectly legitimate reasons to be worried. And of course, you know, we have a number of nations now. We have uh, Norway, Iceland and others worrying about the safety of the vaccines. They do have side effects, mostly not fatal ones, but you know, not fatal ones, but they do have side effects. Um, so my beg your pardon, uh, I should have switched that off. 
Um, they do have side effects which are not pleasant, they're not fatal, I don't think, but they're, they're not pleasant. And, and so uh, there are a variety of good reasons for people not to take a vaccine. I take a va I've, ha I've had a vaccine, I'm, and I think most of the reasons are not ones I would subscribe to, but people have that freedom. Now, what this uh, proposal does is, in effect, coerce those people. And that's also against a number of international conventions we're signatories to. And indeed, just recently, the Council of Europe passed a resolution saying 732 said ensure that citizens are informed that vaccination is not mandatory and that no one is politically, socially or otherwise pressured uh, to get themselves vaccinated. They do not wish to do so themselves and ensure that no one is discriminated against for not having been vaccinated due to possible health risks or not wanting to be vaccinated. And this explicitly does that. This explicitly discriminates against people who, uh, who have not been vaccinated. And as I try to uh, explain with my parable at the beginning, um, it doesn't actually provide protection for the rest of the population. So those, those are the sort of backdrop. The other point I make, Mr Jones, is this. It, between May and July, we will pass the uh, hurdle of herd immunity in this country for the, single, for the single strain, not for other strains necessarily, we don't know about that yet, but we'll pass herd immunity for COVID-19. Uh, at that point, the risks from this vaccine, will, uh, sorry, from this disease will drop away quite dramatically. Um, they'll be sort of flu-like in most respects, certainly for people who've been vaccinated, a little worse for those who haven't. Um, and it seems to me that we are creating a, uh, a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Uh, you and I have both been in government. We know that Whitehall loves the concept of identity management, loves the concept of having uh, control of this data. Uh, I don't think that's a very good reason for this. I think that this is, a, as I say, a permanent solution for a temporary proposal and one which is very different, um, very antagonistic to our national traditions. Not for the last several centuries have we allowed the state or anybody else to demand of us that we provide our papers we provide our explanation for who we are uh, or what our health status is. This is a very bad time to start. All right, so that's the clip. Um, we're looking at uh, former cabinet minister David Davis, I think that's his name, uh, talking about the aspects of uh, this COVID passport and this whole procedure that we're going through now being controversial and prejudicial and I tend to agree with this uh, why because I've even had personal experience of this I have a friend who I called up and he's taking the vaccine and his family is taking the vaccine and is quite uh, paranoid about this situation he talks about you know protecting his family and making sure uh, he keeps them healthy this and I, I'm not judgmental I, and I applaud anybody who does what they do I'm simply saying I was actually speaking from my own perspective and I said, look, all of us are ill-informed with regards to what we're dealing with, especially the vaccine, because if we think about it, we don't really know what's in the vaccine. We don't. We think we do, but we do not. They haven't given us uh, full details about the content of the vaccine. We can see the the Aneka vaccine or what, whatever the name is. We can see all the complications that are happening worldwide. People are having all sorts of uh, problems. People are even dying after taking the vaccine. So for me, maybe I'm coming at it from a different position because I started researching what 
we would now refer to as the New World Order, quite a while ago, I would say um, since 2006, 2007, when I got into what was then known as the conspiracy theory racket, I was listening to people and there was one particular situation that talked about uh, something called the King Alfred Plan. And I did some research on the King Alfred Plan and it was some kind of plan that was created by Henry Kissinger during the Nixon era uh, with regards to the extermination of... Uh, it, was like a, it was like an extension of the eugenics program that they were running uh, back in the day when they were you know, injecting people with syphilis and all that stuff. So not to drag this in, in any other direction. I mean, this is 2021. But you see, the thing is, if you're following a particular agenda and the agenda is still in motion, then and you consider that the people who control everything, the people who are prominent in the COVID situation are all part of this agenda, uh, it just makes you wonder. And then you sit down and look at the whole situation with COVID. Why all this secrecy? Why all this... Uh, you know, you look at what we're experiencing now with cancel culture and with the fact that uh, if you mention anything that is contrary to the popular opinion, contrary to what is, uh, I would say, mainstream news, and then you're censored or your fingers are pointed at you. It's almost as if you don't, you cannot think outside of what mainstream wants you to think. And I find that very dangerous. That's a very communistic, social, communistic approach towards the reality we live in, you have to go to the Bolshevik era and go to China and see how these things played out. These, these are all sequences that are repeating themselves. And we seem to be moving in the same direction too. Another thing is, it is creating a lot of confusion and division between people who normally wouldn't be divided over such an issue. Because I can relate to the people who have said, okay, I've taken the vaccine, I've taken the risk, and now you are not willing to take the same risk. So you should be subjected to some form of uh, levity, some, sorry, some form of punishment uh, for not taking the same risk. And to me, that's really dangerous because then what does free will have to do with our existence? What does the option to choose have to do with our existence? If you're paranoid about uh, the vac uh, about COVID to the point where you say, okay, you, don't, you haven't taken the vaccine, don't come to my house. I'd respect that. I wouldn't come to your house. But you have to understand the implications of what you are saying and what you're doing because if that's another family member, somebody who's of the same blood, you know that they're not sick, but you still restrict them from coming to your house simply because they haven't taken the vaccine. And you're being unnecessarily prejudiced. It's a double-edged sword, or you can look at it in two different ways. But for me, I don't know. I just don't flow that way. I don't like... I don't like the idea of persecuting somebody else simply because they chose a different path than I chose. And I'm speaking from, from me. You know, I couldn't have the conversation with my friend extend because he got really riled up and you know, literally started shouting. And, and I thought, we're not going to go anywhere having this conversation. It's a very sensitive topic. I relate to that. Uh, but if you sit down and look at what we have been through as human beings, over generations, we've had worse situations. You know, we used to eat dirt as kids. We built up strong immune systems. Now, I personally stopped taking Western medicine from 2007 up until 2020. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted to check and see a theory I had with regards to hospitals 
and pharmaceutical companies. That theory was that these are businesses. Business has to make money. If you don't have patients, your hospital is not going to make money. There's nobody coming in, nobody paying you. So ultimately, that was one theory. I had to test it. It proved out. It proved to be what I wanted it to be, and so that's that. You know. Then the second theory, with regards to uh, pharmaceutical companies, again business, and you have uh, shareholders, and you know your your loyalty is to your shareholders. So the thing is, the only way to actually keep a business consistent is to get repeat customers. So if you create drugs that actually cure illnesses, then you don't have repeat customers, and then you you can see the profit margin of pharmaceutical companies is way high, higher than most. If they're going to make money, they have to actually look for a way to suppress the symptoms that present themselves, but don't totally cure them. So you keep coming back for the same drug, and then when you sell more of the drug, you're making money. It's basic economics. I mean, it, it, I'm, no, I'm no genius. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to find this one out. But when I say these things, people say, oh, this is too controversial. It's a lie. Everything is now, everything that I was accused of from 2008, 2009 as conspiracy theories becoming conspiracy fact. Everything is real now. You can see it. You know, the government is telling you what to do, when to do it. Everybody, your life is totally controlled. Now you need a vaccine passport to travel. Sit down and think about that. Think about where you were five years ago and consider if everything you see to be reality today was something that you were able to predict. So, um, be that as it may, yes, I agree it's a sensitive topic, but ultimately I don't think people should be persecuted for having made their own choice. I mean, if I can deal with this naturally, then I'll deal with it naturally. When I have it, as long as I recover, I recover. Now, if you tell me that I should have a recovery certificate, I can relate to that. I have my own recovery certificate saying, look, I didn't need to take the vaccine, but I recovered. After all, the mortality rate for COVID is zero point. It's nothing. It's nothing. When you sit down and think about all the other diseases that kill people relative to COVID, mm -mm, it's nothing. The man made one point. He said something that I, I, I jumped on, and he says, we're creating a permanent solution for a temporary problem. We're creating a permanent solution for a temporary problem. And I believe this. Most of this has been politicized. If you sit down and think about the people that have been that have become exceptionally wealthy based on this. I mean, the rich have gotten seriously richer, billionaire, now they're counting money in hundreds of billions. I mean, an example would be Bill Gates, our philanthropist. He's gotten even more richer after he decided to stop and go fully into philanthropy. So philanthropy must be a very lucrative business. Just saying. You know? So ultimately, when I look at this particular situation, I say to myself, Perhaps we should be more informed before we make decisions. That's for me. If you choose to do what you do, then that's for you too. You know, At the end of the day, I can't tell anybody what to do, and I don't believe in that kind of censorship. Uh, I, I don't think we should be subject to that kind of censorship anyway. If anybody wants to take a vaccine, that's good. If you don't want to take it, and you know you're going to not pose a, a health risk to other people, then fine, do what you need to do. There's so many holistic cures out there. There's so many people who have natural remedies that have actually suppressed and dealt with it, regardless of whatever variant they're talking about. So 
the option to choose should be there, but we should not be persecuted for that option because you can see what they're doing. They said, okay, if you don't want to take the vaccine, and you're not going to get a job, you're not going to go on a plane, you're not going to travel, you're not going to be able to get money. That is a different kind of authoritarian, authoritarian rule. That is, we're now moving into that conspiracy world we were talking about, where they want to control literally everything. I mean, pick up a book, 1984, Orwell, or go and read Brave New World by Huxley. I'm not the first person to talk about this. I wouldn't be the last. They've been talking about this for decades, you know. I would probably get censored for saying this, but so what? It doesn't mean I can't say what I feel. There's no point in me doing this if I'm afraid of people censoring me. I got kicked off Facebook quite a number of times. It doesn't deter me. I don't need that platform. I use Telegram. I would go to an alternative platform and say what needs to be said because there's no point in living in fear. If you can't stand up for something, you might as well lie down for everything. That's what I was told, and that's the way I was raised, and that's the way I want to always be. I'll come back in a minute. Okay, so... All right, now let's uh, drag ourselves to another topic because uh, most of us are hot on another collar right now, listening to the way things have uh, gone on. I want to just look at fear. You know, fear is a tool that is used, it is used, to control. Um, confusion is too. I mean, if you really want, if you have 10 people sitting down in a room and you want to dictate to those 10 people, you want to control the activities of these 10 people, then you make them believe that you are in some way superior in mind to them. And then you create a staged event that would convince them that you are indeed superior, and then they'll listen to anything you say. You know, it's. Uh, I think there's an experiment called Pavlov's dog. I think you should check that out. That's another way of referencing this. I've always maintained uh, certain beliefs. One, if somebody doesn't care about me enough to create a situation that is beneficial for me and my future. I don't see any other reason why that person would be so bothered as to care about me. Now, many might agree, many might not. To each his own, like say. I'm not saying that everything to do with government and politics is evil or is bad or is wrong. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, Prevention is always better than cure. And some people have more information than others. Now, if you really care about the public, why not give them tools to prevent disasters and catastrophes from happening? Instead, we hear people say, never let a good crisis go to waste. So that means that they look forward to crises happening so they can take advantage of it for their own political gain. That's what I'm saying. Now, fear has been fed intensely into each and every one of us. From the beginning of COVID, it's just been compounded. Fear, 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 fear. You're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. Fear, 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 fear. Every single day, it's about scaring the shit out of us. 
I said shit. Scaring the hell out of us. I'll edit that out. Scaring the hell out of us. Scaring the hell out of us. Scaring the hell out of us. And making sure that we're compliant to whatever suggestion is being made. There's this character in America called Dr. Fauci, who I think it's, it's probably the biggest fraud on the planet. You can sue me for that. I don't care. And wear one mask. Oh, you don't need a mask. Oh, wear two masks. Oh. They're just making shit up as they go along. Shit again. They're making stuff up as they go along. You know, and we've had a lot of scientists, credible, a lot of virologists, credible, a lot of medical doctors. In fact, I saw another video with a guy from Kenya who said what he said eloquently. I don't have enough time to play that, but it, I would put a link to it. Please go and watch it, you know, about the vaccine and us not actually knowing what is in the vaccine and you know there's some people who might have reactions to things that are in vaccine. we see it happening already you know a lot of these vaccines a lot of them are some people are reacting to them differently your metabolism it depends on what complication you have and some people have died from the vaccine so it is one of those things that is a plus or minus you take your chances okay but ultimately the people who are giving us this cure, this magic cure, are also telling me now that this is no guarantee that I would not contract the disease and that I still have to wear masks after I take the vaccine. That confuses me. What's the point in having a cure that doesn't work? And then the cure is laden with its own, you know, difficulties and, and dangers. So I'm putting myself in a little bit more danger. I don't know. I don't know. Eventually, if it's a situation where it becomes mandatory and one cannot operate, then evidently we would have to go that go down that route. And we'll deal with that when that goes there. If they give me the option, which they have said that I have, my option is not. That's my option. It doesn't have to be yours. Everybody must decide for themselves. You must decide for yourself. My option is not. I would want to find out a little bit more because I have some health complications that I'm worried about and I don't want to complicate myself any further until I'm certain that what I'm putting into my body is not going to create that complication. And number two, I have never really been very comfortable with the idea of vaccinations right from when I was a kid. Never really been. But that's just me. Uh, like I said, we have to be very wary of what we say because of cancel culture and because of censorship and because of the sensitivity of this topic. Don't want uh, government officials to come knocking on my door and start asking me funny questions, which they have done in many instances because you disagree with their narrative. So we'll leave it at that. Everybody make up your mind for yourself. Read more, investigate more. You know, but what I was talking about earlier on was the fear. I think the fear is very, very dangerous. I think the fear factor has actually created a situation people are alienating themselves from each other. You walk into a place, you might have a mask on, and uh, maybe your mask is tilting down and people are frowning and looking at you like you're going to kill everybody there. I mean, the world has really gone insane, bonkers. People are so paranoid. And yet, each and every one of these people say they want to go to heaven. The foundational condition, the first condition of you being able to go to heaven is that you have to die. Remember that. 
You can't go to heaven unless you die. Whichever heaven you're looking at. If we're looking at the afterlife heaven, you have to die first. So why are we so afraid of death? It's the attachment we have to the existing. Death is part of the transition, you see. I've always believed that the minute you can actually say to yourself that I will die one day, it's inevitable. Death and taxes, like they say, it's inevitable, I will die. It just allows you to get on with the living. You begin to live your life. You know this is the inevitable. So there's no point in you avoiding it. It's just like going out of your house and you know I'm definitely going to meet the traffic light today. It's inevitable, no matter how I walk, where I go. As long as I'm in a city, I'm going to hit a traffic light. That is inevitable. You will hit a traffic light. So, are you going to get paranoid about traffic lights simply because, you know, somebody tells you that if you stay in front of a traffic light, you might get a flat tire? I know I'm sounding a little bit, but these are my views. This, 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 this is the way I look at things. I try and simplify things in my head. I'm 50 now. If I'm lucky, I have another 25 years. If not, I have friends who are younger than me who have passed on. I have a sister who passed on at 33. So at the end of the day, you know, life is what you make of it. If you allow fear to cloud your judgment, to overtake your sense of reason, to restrict your ability to broaden your view on things, you know, it would... I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to conclude, but I think it might lead you to a place where you might start acting, you know, in a way that might be contrary to your own well-being. That's the best way I can put it. You know, fear makes one act in ways that are contrary to their own well-being because it compromises your ability to reason, to seek logic and seek an alternative truth to the truth that you're imbibing. And that's just the way I see things. Now, if you're offended by what you have heard, good. If you like what you've heard, share, click to subscribe, hit the notification button when I make more videos. You can hear more of my shit. Shit again. More of what I'm saying. I'm in a swearing mood today, I guess. Uh, you can hear more of what I'm saying and uh, you can forge your own opinions. Now, I'm going to be having uh, some interactive sessions uh, very soon where I'm going to keep an open Zoom channel and, you know, allow people to, people who care to, to, um, you know, come on Zoom and then we could just trash things out during the show. Uh, I think it would be interesting. And then there are usually special guests that come on every now and then that we, when I do like interviews or conversations like that, you know, so trying to make it a little bit interesting uh, simply because right now I, I found myself in the position of uh, one who is providing some kind of uh, an entertainment service, so to speak. Uh, so I guess making it interesting would should be part of it. But uh, I would rather more concentration is actually made on the content of what is saying rather than all of the hullabaloo. You know, that, that's not what it's about. It's about sharing the ramblings of the semi-insane, my perceptions and my 
view of the world we face, the reality that we're exposed to, and looking for solutions in order to improve the quality of our lives and improve the world that we live in. Like I said, the theme for 2021 is better world deserves, requires better people. We have to strive to be better people. And being better doesn't necessarily mean sweeping the floor and tidying your room. It's also in the way you think, the way you perceive things and the way you process information and the way you move forward with that information, the actions that you take, the consequences of the actions you're fully aware of. So you understand that your place, purpose, reason, any of the two, I'm actually going to do a program about that, purpose, reason, any of the two, your place is about trying to make the world a better place without harming anybody else, providing solutions without creating more problems, you know, and so forth. Does fear make us irrational? It's a good question to ask. What does irrational mean? Let's look it up. Irrational, adjective, not logical or reasonable. Does fear make us irrational, not logical or reasonable? I think it's happening already. I think a lot of us are afraid to a point where we choose not to see an alternative to the points of view that we have. I don't know if this is dangerous or not. I'm not one to judge because I have my own fears. If you put a snake in front of me, I'm going to jump on the next table. I guess many people have that fear too. But then again, there was a time when I was willing to go to a park and stroke that snake and probably put it around my hand just to see if I could overcome that fear. And I did that. I can show you the picture. Does fear make us irrational? It's interesting. I had mentioned earlier about a friend of mine who I called and we spoke at length. Well, very short this time. Usually we speak at length. But this time was very short because I, we sort of like uh, the, the conversation evolved. Like I had mentioned earlier, the conversation evolved towards COVID and the vaccine. And, you know, he said he had gotten vaccinated. And I was like, okay, more power to you. I'm not into that. Uh, I need more information and I think we're ill-informed if we go forward with certain things simply because we look at the historical aspect of the people providing us this solution and what they've used it to do in the past. I'm a bit paranoid. I've been following the New World Order. This did not come as a surprise to me, unfortunately. I had expected a Black Swan event to happen or another war to happen. It was on the cards. They had already talked about this going back years ago, everything was really moving according to plan. You needed to go to the World Economic Forum and follow them. You needed to follow uh, even, uh, who do you call it? I mean, even before this, go to United Nations website and read about Agenda 21. And, you know, so many things. The King Alfred plan, Rex 84. There's so many things that have been mentioned, you know, the death camps, the this, the that, and all this information had been spiraling around for a very long time. In fact, there was a video that was very popular of a man called Aaron Russo who was talking to a Rockefeller who 
when he asked him, why are you doing all this for? He says, because they want everybody to get chipped. They want to be able to control every blade of grass, every drop of water, and control everything that actually is on, on the planet. And so you see very, very evidently that we're creating a class distinction, the mega, mega rich and the rest of us. So, you know, even if you have a little bit of money, you're nothing but in the upper poor category because uh, right now, the people who are governing us, the people who come and tell us without any medical certification, without any any scientific, uh, uh, relevant scientific evidence to back their claims, most of them are billionaires. They just come and tell us what's wrong and what we should do to fix it. And all of us are jumping on the bandwagon because for some reason we have associated wealth with morality. The more money you have, the more you're supposed to know. The more moral you are. The more this is this started with celebrity worship. You can see where the world has been going. It has been directed in this move, you know, guided in this direction for quite a while. I mean, there's a what, what do you think we have think tanks for? People who just stay there and think different ways to manipulate orchestrate, put forward different types of propaganda. There's a book by Edward Bernays who actually coined the term public relations. He wrote the book Propaganda. Probably buy a copy and read it and you would see that absolutely nothing that we're experiencing now, nothing is new. It has all been repeated before. But there I digress. Does fear make us irrational? Absolutely. In my opinion, 100%. When you're in a state of fear, your brain is discombobulated. <laughs> I really like that word. You know, you're in a state of, you know, as we say in my village, emotional amahingeme. Some level of confusion there happening. Fear clouds judgment. It makes you react based on the emotion that you're experiencing. And so it always pays to be better informed. It's like martial artists, you know, people who are better fighters are the ones who in the presence of danger can really stay calm so they can see what is coming and then counter it. That's what helps them develop such good reflexes and speeds. It's your ability to stay calm in the, in the midst of a storm that allows you to navigate the storm better. But most of us are not wired like that. We weren't educated like that or miseducated. You know, we weren't informed like that. And so when we face a situation where we have very little control over, we panic. We panic. It's just the nature of things. I panic too. My daughter falls down. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking. What's why? What, what happened? You know, we all panic. But the thing is, to learn to panic less. Like I said, 2021 is really about being a better person so we can have a better world. This is the theme 
of EA2's podcast or EA2's whatever, EA2 talking to you. That's the whole theme of 2021. How can we be better people? I am not encouraging people to distrust. Rather, I am encouraging people to investigate. Do some research. Find out for yourself. Satisfy your curiosity. Go beyond much of a reasonable doubt. Whenever you're confronted with a situation that makes you panic, try and count to ten and breathe in. And then see if your perception of that situation would change. If it doesn't, by all means, run. But if it does, then you know there is an alternative. There's something I heard a long time ago. A guy said, actually, Martin Brundle, I think he was, he was commentating on the Formula One race, and he says, and the driver arrived at the scene of the accident. I think blew my mind. The driver arrived at the scene of the accident. Okay. Was the scene preset for the driver to arrive to? I know what he's saying. I mean, the driver had the accident. He arrived at the scene of the accident. It's a logical statement. There's nothing really... But I just found it very interesting the way he phrased it, the way he worded it. Arrived at the scene of the accident. This happens to most of us. When we close our eyes and we take our eyes, you know, when, the, when you're driving and you're about to have a crash and you close your eyes, you just arrive at the accident. You don't know how you got there. Well, many times if you keep your eyes open, you can, you can just avoid the, the impact. Ever so slightly, you can minimize the impact. Even if you still have an accident, you minimize the impact. You minimize the damage by keeping your eyes open. And that's the ability to actually stay calm. Just in that moment, things actually happen slower. But when you panic, that's my own two cents. Well, it's been fun. Um, we've seen all we've seen today. We've looked at uh, what uh, the MP David Davis said and uh, we've heard my rantings and uh, I guess that's where we're going to call it today. If you like the video, please click to subscribe, click the like button, leave me a comment. Too many, well not too many, I like the likes. But we have a lot of likes, but we don't have any comments. You know, comments would be nice. I'd like to hear from you, get your opinions, ask me questions, give me something to do. I'm doing this already. I do it like twice or three times a week. Might as well, you know, task me. If you have the, if you take the time to listen, well, just ask. If you find anything I'm saying controversial, you know, just put it down there and say, hey, hey you know, maybe it's not like this. <laughs> you know, whichever way you want to put it, just say something. See something, say something. That's the one the government tells you to do. No, but say something. Tell me, tell me how you feel. Tell me how, what you think. Tell me you want. Tell me what you. Anything. Just have a conversation. Uh, I think that's the best way to solve it. 
maybe we, I'd start having one of these open Zoom meetings where, you know, anybody can just dial in and then we'll just start talking. I think it's best. Instead of uh, just having guests, everybody's a guest. Everybody's special. Everybody's unique. Everybody's perspective. Everybody's perception. Everybody's idea. Everybody's feeling is unique and needed. Every single person on this planet is instrumental towards the world being what it is. Nobody is more important than anybody else. No one is more important than anybody else. We are all equally important. The fact that my fingers are different heights doesn't necessarily mean one is more important. Everyone has his own function. And that's the way the world is created. Everything that is inhabited within nature is necessary for nature to be what it is. The reason why a lot of us are fed information that perhaps moves us towards a lesser impression of self is because some of us, some of us, as in the totality, are in a position to do that in order to elevate themselves. You know, we've all had that friend who always makes you feel bad so they can feel better. It's probably the same thing. You know, so just see yourself the way you should see yourself. As a creator, created by a creator, to create. I have a t-shirt that says, I am more than I think. I am more than I think. Break it into three sections. I think I did... Uh, video on that uh, explaining Inspireware, which is my t-shirt brand. I think that was last year. You know, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can flow onto that if you want to get more info. Well, like I said, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to listening to the ramblings of this semi-insane individual. I wish you a happy day today. And every other day that follows. Tune in when I do a ne the next video. Hit the notification button if you want to find out when I'll do another video. Um, my videos are usually on YouTube, on Rumble, and on Telegram. In fact, I probably put more on Telegram than I do on any other platform. Um, it's copied onto Facebook and all the other social media platforms. But I've been, you know, there's so many checks on me there. I have to be careful what I put there nowadays. So, um, like I said, click to subscribe, share, if you get any value from what I have said, share, um, and uh, hopefully we'll see you very soon. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.